Greetings and salutations, hello and welcome to this installment of the Father Black Robe Stories. We always begin each episode by reciting a prayer called the Angelus. If you are not familiar with the Angelus, that is okay, because I have included the link in the show notes. So if you haven't done so already, I invite you to go into those show notes and open up that link so that we can pray together. Thank you again for joining us and enjoy the episode. God bless you all. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, and she conceived of the Holy Ghost, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it done unto me according to thy word. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And the word was made flesh, and dwelt among us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. Pour forth, we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we, to whom the incarnation of Christ thy Son was made known by the message of an angel, may be brought, by his passion and cross, to the glory of his resurrection. Through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Sacred Heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. All holy angels, pray for us. Society of Jesus, pray for us. Jesus, meek and humble of heart, make our hearts like unto thy heart. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this edition of the Father Black Robe Stories. This edition is called Viking DNA, and I hope you enjoy it. Yeah, I just finished getting unpacked. Classes start on Monday. I just got it in the mail. I'm wearing it right now. You really didn't have to do that, Dad. It must have cost a fortune, said the teenager, her fingers toying with the axe pendant around her neck, while the other hand holds the phone to her left ear. I've only met her once or twice, so I don't know her too well. Her name is Carol. How was your flight? Good, good. She chuckles, saying, well, you know as well as I do how much I want to move to Scandinavia. I mean, Minnesota's nice, but it ain't Oslo, especially how you describe it. You can never be too Viking, Dad, especially in this family, am I right? She said with a proud smile. Of course. 
Dorm itself is good, she said as she, she said as she put her feet up on the desk. Yeah, I was concerned about that too, but it's actually perfect. I guess I'm not the first six-foot-tall 14-year-old they've ever had. I'll leave you to it then. Jägelskerdeg. Hadet. She hangs up the phone before taking a deep breath and tilting her head back in the chair with a smile, her hair falling down in an endless cascade of gold behind her. She splits the blonde cascade into equal halves and weaves them into two thick braids, which fall down on either side of her neck and drape over her shoulders in front of her. But to her, it was not just a hairstyle. She called them her Viking braids, and for good reason. They were her connection to the generations of warrior-tough women who came before her. She was not just Scandinavian. She was Norse. She looks at her watch. Well, I guess I have some time to kill. Rising from her chair, she grabs her leather jacket and puts it on as she leaves her dorm room behind her. Emerging into the outside world, she sees a small chapel to her left, a lake to her right, and in between, the two are separated by an infinite expanse of perfectly cut grass. She makes her way to the lake and starts skipping stones. Looking over her left shoulder, she sees a fishing lure slingshot from the dock to the horizon, accompanied by the faint hiss of the reel. You catch anything? She calls out as she skips another stone. A few bites, but nothing yet, the man responds. I think I'm going to pack it in. He grabs his fishing gear, steps off the dock, and starts walking to a small house a stone's throw away from shore, only to return with a cup of coffee and a lunchbox. He makes his way back to the edge of the dock, resting his coffee on the banister. After bowing his head for a few moments, he begins to eat. Do you mind if I join you? He inquires from the dock. Be my guest, she hollers back. He begins to make his way over, and as he draws near, she can start to see the finer details, the most glaring of which were the clerical collar, the flowing black cassock, and the dark circles of exhaustion under his eyes. Thanks. I really appreciate it. I hate eating alone, he says as he sits down on a nearby boulder. Don't mention it, she replies. I'm assuming that's your house over there? Yeah, I literally just moved in, and I'm pretty beat. I was going to say, you look exhausted. He chuckles. You get used to it after a while, I guess, he replies. I've had a bit of a long flight. I'm Father Blackrobe. Bridget, she responds. Bridget Olofsson. Are you a student at the palace? Actually, I'd like to get your opinion on that first. How old do you think I am? She stops skipping stones and turns to face Father Blackrobe, placing her hands on her hips. You'll have to forgive me. I, I didn't mean to offend you, he said defensively. I know, she reassured. I'm just genuinely curious. It may come from innocent curiosity, but Father Blackrobe knew all too well that curiosity killed the cat. By every me available measure except one, she looked like any other young lady. Leather jacket, graphic tee, denim jeans, and boots. Her skin was fair and pale. Her eyes were blue and bold, and her braids were long, reaching down to her belt line. The exception? She was a staggering six feet four inches tall. 
Per the recommendation of my lawyer, I assert my Fifth Amendment privilege on the grounds of self-incrimination. He answers back with a dash of deadpan humor. How diplomatic of you, she responded with a sarcastic tone. Most people think I'm in college, if not older. If it's any consolation, lots of people would kill for your height. Well, I'm not one of them, she retorted bluntly. All right, subtle hint taken. A tense silence arises. You'll have to forgive me, father, she said, attempting to cut the tension. Her stone skipping stopped suddenly. She simply stood there, her thumbs smearing across the smooth and silver-colored surface of the rock. Viking DNA can be both a blessing and a curse, you know? Viking DNA, parroted the priest. What do you mean by that exactly? My family history is interesting, to say the least. On both sides, we can trace 100% of our lineage back to the original Vikings of the 10th century. Talk about a rich family history, he replied as he took a sip of his coffee. Three dozen generations, all of whom look exactly like me. You keep talking about it like it's a bad thing. When you're about nine inches taller than your classmates, you ha you've had men twice your age flirting with you at the movies, and you look like a carbon copy of your mother and grandmother and great-grandmother. It can feel... Bittersweet? Exactly, she, she said with a nod. She chucks the rock into the water with a splash before setting down on the ground. Hmm, hummed the Jesuit as he crumpled up his napkin. Your situation reminds you of that old song Sammy Davis Jr. wrote in the 60s. I've gotta be me. I've gotta be me. Thank you. Finally, someone gets it, she exclaims. I talk to my family about this, and all they say is, what's the big deal? Are you saying you don't want to be a Viking? Well, yes, of, yes, of course I do. But I want to be my own Viking. One that isn't taller than a baby giraffe. Listen, I know we just met and all, but if it helps, I never thought of you as a Viking, as a giraffe. It does, actually. Thank you, father. I don't... Hey, Bridget, let's go! Chop, chop! cries a voice in the distance. One minute! she shouts in response. No time! the voice retorts. You're running late for the uniform fitting. Seabew, cut Bridget some slack. The semester hasn't even started yet, exclaims a second unknown voice. The owner of the second voice makes his way over, joining them by the lake. He was in his mid to late fifties, or perhaps his early sixties. He was wearing a gray tweed suit, brown waistcoat and tie, and circular glasses held together by a thin wire frame. He was smoking a pipe, and his salt and pepper hair, which was more salt than pepper, was styled in a comb-over. You'll have to forgive Vice Principal Seabew. He means well, but he can be high-strung, says the man soft-spokenly. If he ever gives you a hard time, let me know. I'll give him a talking to. Thanks, Principal Bex, she reply Richard replies. Don't mention it. Now I suggest you get yourself over to your fitting before Seabew before gives himself a stroke. Chuckling, she begins to make the light jog back to the palace. 
I should introduce myself. I am Principal John Bex. You must be the new rector of Holy Trinity Chapel. You would be correct, said the priest, rising and extending his hand. I am Father Blackrobe. The Jesuits have sent me. I have heard much about you. Is that so? Positive, I hope. Very. I spoke on the phone with Father General Hopkins a few months ago, and, and last week I got a call from Bishop Gosbriand. Both spoke highly of you. Deo gratias. You have an impressive resume, says the principal, pausing for a moment to puff his pipe. You've taught music in France, earned your doctorate in theology, and you speak several languages. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. Father Blackrobe chuckles, responding, Well, I assure you, Principal, it wasn't always as glamorous as it sounds. Oh, you are far too modest, Father, he exclaims, blowing another smoke ring. When did you arrive? Not long ago. I just finished unpacking earlier today. How do you feel about a tour? It would be an honor, sir. The honor is mine, Father. And that concludes this edition of the Father Blackrobe Stories, and I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you very much for joining us today, and have a blessed rest of your week. God bless you all. Thank you again for joining us for this installment of the Father Black Robe Stories. We always close each episode by reciting a prayer called the Sushipe. It was written by St. Ignatius of Loyola himself five centuries ago. If you are not familiar with the Sushipe, that is okay, because I have included the link in the show notes. If you have not done so already, I invite you to go into those show notes and open up that link so that we can pray together. Thank you again for joining us, and remember, quadcumque dixerit vobis facite. Do whatever he tells you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Take, Lord, and receive all my liberty, my memory, my understanding, and my entire will all that I have and possess. You have given all to me. To you, O Lord, now I return it. All is yours. Dispose of me wholly according to your will. Give me only your love and your grace, for this is enough for me. Amen. Sacred Heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. All holy angels, pray for us. Society of Jesus, pray for us. Jesus, meek and humble of heart, Make our hearts like unto thy heart. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.